It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. I want to tell you this hour is part of what we call our Back to Basics series, where I go full bore into an area that I'm asked questions about over and over again, and I can tell from talking to people out and about who ask me questions that a lot of times all the pieces don't come together. So what we're doing with Back to Basics, as we've already done with how to buy a home, how to buy a new car, how to buy a used car, which are various Back to Basics elements we've done, is this broadcast is about and podcast, is about how to insure things in your life. First, homes and cars. Second, your life. So let's jump right into buying insurance on your home or your car. And since a lot more people have cars than have homes, I'm going to start with cars. Car insurance is something that is very confusing often because insurance is regulated by the states. Generally, there's a very little role for the federal government in insurance. It has historically been going back, to, I think, to the 1930s that it's been a state oversight function instead of a federal one. So the rules vary somewhat from state to state. But there are things you need to know about insuring a car that is very important to me, and that is that you think of car insurance as something that you don't use for a run-of-the-mill thing. I had a guy stop me in Walmart just, is that yesterday or two days ago? And he was telling me how He had backed into a pole, and it had caused $1,500 damage to his car. This happened not just now. It happened last year. And he had a $500 deductible with his auto insurer, and he made a claim, and they paid uh, almost $1,000. He paid the $500. And then he got his premium renewal. And the increase in the premium was huge. And he was just going on and on with me. How could they do this that his insurance went up so much? He said, I should have just paid that myself. And I said, exactly. It was like I was standing there and I never got to say anything because he was so upset and he was telling me the whole thing. And I said, that's the point. And I said, That's the way insurance works, is that if you make a smaller claim, and to refer to a $1,500 item as a smaller claim sounds ridiculous for me, but in the world of insurance, it is. But the claim counts, and you're penalized for it, potentially for years to come. And then, to add insult to injury, he says, you know, I've been shopping around. Nobody wants me because I have this claim. I said, right. So this one gentleman coming up to me pretty much 
explained from his own experience what it is I want you to think about with auto insurance. And by the way, some of this applies to homeowners. Is that with insurance on a car, you want to take as high a deductible as you're allowed to if you have a loan on your car, which will usually be $1,000. And if you have a claim that is like under 1500 bucks, you're not going to make that claim. You're just going to fix it yourself if you back into a pole, period. And then you're going to have this completely clear insurance report, which is important for your premiums and for shopping around. As for what coverages you should have, in addition to having a $1,000 deductible typically, I want you to think about going past state minimums for liability unless you don't have anything. I mean, you have no assets, you rent and all that. You want to go uh, what are called state minimums, go for it. On the other hand, if you own your own home, you have a variety of assets, money you've gotten savings, things like that, you do not want to do state minimums for liability because, you know, one time you, you hit a car in your blind spot or whatever, you could have serious exposure for liability and not really for the person's car. Liability risk for repairing somebody's car, that's the little money. The big money is when somebody is injured or says they're injured, and a lot of times people are able to dream up injuries from watching the ads on TV and the lawyer who says they're going to get them big money. I saw a billboard in Los Angeles that was some lawyer smiling about how he got this big money for somebody, and those things are around the country, right? And this is... This is part of the roulette wheel of driving is that if you do have an oops, you make a mistake, that you're going to get hit with the big liability exposure. So make sure you have liability coverage enough to support your life. Now, collision and comprehensive, which covers the damage to the car from a driving event or something else, you know, with that, if you are driving an old, old car, you can probably skip that stuff. If you're driving a newer car, you need to have it, but again, with the higher deductible. If you're buying a fancy car that's a newer car and you can't afford the $1,000 deductible, you can't afford the car you bought in the first place. Not nice for me to say, but it really is true. And as far as who you're insured by, you need to call around or shop around online or use an independent agent and get use his or her shopping ability to find an insurer for yourself. And I have a big bias towards the two companies that historically have rated the highest for how they treat their customers. They're actually members in both cases. Amica Mutual, A-M-I-C-A Mutual, that when I mention Amica to somebody, they look at me with a blank stare, never heard of them. And the other many people have heard of, USAA, that's for military personnel, retirees, and their families. 
So they start off, uh, you know, far ahead of everybody else. You should always get a quote from them and then make a decision if you're going somewhere else. Now let's move to homeowners. By the way, those two companies rate the highest for homeowners as well. Homeowners insurance, the deductible you take, as long as your mortgage company will permit it, go as high as you can in the many thousands of dollars. Because with homeowners insurance, you do not want to use it unless it is a catastrophe. Because homeowners insurers, if you make a claim for who knows what, they often will can you. You know, use it and lose it, as it's sometimes referred to in the homeowner's insurance business. Homeowner's insurance, you think about the cost of a home, the value of a home. You should be insuring it only for a massive loss, never for a little one. And there's a double benefit to that. You're going to likely go claims-free for a long, long time. And you'll have lower premiums because you never make claims. You know, you have an insurance score that insurers look at when you're considering using an insurer. And mine is, I think a 950 is the highest you can be on that. And I have a 950 for both auto and for homeowners insurance. Because I just avoid making claims like the plague. For homeowners insurance... The biggest mistake people make is they don't have enough coverage in the event their home had a catastrophic loss. So here I am wanting you to have a high deductible, but when you get past it, I want you to make sure that your home is valued at a level that if it has to be rebuilt, you have enough coverage for it. So adequate coverage, if you don't have it, you get into a fight with your insurer if it costs more to rebuild whatever the damage is or if it's a total loss than what you stated is the value, you could end up with enormous out-of-pocket exposure on a rebuild of your home or a repair of your home. So please make sure that you have the adequate coverage. Liability, same issue as with auto. If you have a lot of assets, you need a lot of liability coverage. If you have a lot, a lot of assets, you need to buy an umbrella policy that sits on top of your auto and homeowner's insurance and covers you for a catastrophic claim coming your way by somebody who's able to prove that you're at fault for whatever. And umbrella policies are sold in multiples starting at $1 million dollars. The risk to the insurer is very low because they're very infrequently claimed against. So there are a couple hundred dollars for an initial one with each additional million dollars in coverage cheaper than the prior one. So I strongly recommend it as a success tax. If you have done a good job through your life developing wealth and assets, you need a liability policy. And now it's time for your questions about insurance. Gerard is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Gerard. How are you? Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you. You have two kids. <laughs> I do. I do. Yes. And uh, they're, they're 8 and 10. And uh, I feel a little bit guilty because I uh, 
being 47, I, I haven't provided or contracted for any life insurance at this point in my life. My situation, uh, I have a little more disposable income, and, I, and I, I'd like to change that, I'm trying to be the most responsible parent I can, and I'm remiss not to have some of that, I believe. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to talk, talk to you about those options. So life insurance is very important for you to have to provide for your children, and it's very, very cheap to get. The dividing line on what kind of insurance you should consider is based on income. Generally, there's one type of insurance that is best for people who make less than a huge amount of money, and then a different kind that works best for people who make very, very large paychecks. So which category would you like to put yourself in? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, uh, I, well, I guess I could tell you how much I, I make. Uh, okay. My uh, annual income is uh, somewhere between 140 and 160 based on... Uh, on a few things. But, okay, uh, that's so. fantastic income. That yeah, puts I, you in I, a very I, rarefied air, but not enough to buy that other kind of life insurance. You would best be served buying something known as level term insurance. Level term, yeah. Well, there's more than one type of term? Yes, because you can buy what's known as annual renewable term, where the premium changes each year. I see. But you know the ages of your kids, you know the insurable period you want to take care of. So you just buy level term for the period of years you want to, which at the age of your kids may be 20-year level term. Okay. That's, and that's what I was thinking. Some, trying to make an informed decision, I was thinking 15 years or perhaps 20 years. And, and, I, and I really, what I'd like to do is, in the, in the event that something happens to me, I, I'd like their, at the very least, their college education covered so that they can provide for themselves. Well, except you need more than just that because you have to provide for their well-being if something bad happened to you while they're still very young. Right. And right. at your yes. income, you should be looking at a $2 million policy. Wow. Okay. And it'll cost very little because the beauty of term insurance is it does cost so little. And I have information about websites you can use to get quotes from, Gerard, if you go look on ClarkHoward.com. Remember, there are lots of ways to get answers to your questions. You can get off-air advice that we answer you, and you can speak with a member of Team Clark for free 45 hours each week. You can see how to reach a member of Team Clark at Clark.com. You can post a question for me at Clark.com. We call them Ask Clark. And Joel, who do you have an Ask Clark from? Clark, we got one from Tiffany. She says, our 19-year-old son is looking to buy car insurance. He wants to make sure he has enough coverage. Where's the best place for him to be getting quotes from? No oh boy, Tiffany. It's tough, tough for a teenager, especially a guy, to get a decent deal on auto insurance. But there are enormous differences in how various insurers calculate premiums for what's considered to be a high-risk driver like a teenage boy. So the most important things to do are to shop online with multiple insurers, like they all try to push you to do on TV, and to shop through what's known as an independent agent. Independent agents are agents that can shop multiple insurers and know how to place various risk levels of insureds like your son would represent. As far as what is having enough coverage, most important thing is normally is liability insurance. And having adequate liability coverage is the thing that protects you 
in the event that there would be an accident, your son would be found to be at fault and people are injured and they come after him and depending on the state and the circumstances, they might come after you too. Um, speaking of which, if in your state you might be liable anyway, there may be a lower premium available to your son being part of your policy if your son lives under your roof, under your household, or spends a substantial amount of time under your roof. But the auto insurance thing, at any age, the most important thing is shopping thoroughly for that coverage. And the older a car a teen has, the better, because then maybe you only need liability coverage. Glad you're taking time out of your day to join me here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you being empowered with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. And you are in the midst of a special broadcast and podcast in our Back to Basics series where we go in-depth on topic areas that have been clear to me that I'm not giving enough information sometimes for you to really be able to act on. And you are in the midst of a broadcast-slash-podcast about insurance if you're just tuning in i already covered auto and homeowners insurance and now i want to talk about life insurance life insurance is something that is a very hard thing to get people to buy now the percent of american adults who have life insurance may be the lowest in many 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 decades as A lot of people are turned off by the traditional ways that life insurance is sold. A lot of people that in their 20s and 30s will not deal with the salesperson. It's normal to buy things online, normal to buy on your phone, and dealing with someone doing a traditional sales thing, just not your thing. I mean, you think about the comparison in the car market, Carvana, that most of its people buy cars, most of its customers buy cars on their smartphone, a car they've never seen, and they go pay for it and take delivery of a car, and the first time they ever see it is when they pick it up. There is a change going on about how so many people in America like to do things, the insurance industry being a very tradition-bound and stubborn industry has had a tough time adjusting to that. And so a lot of people who need life insurance just don't get around to it. Like people with young kids as a primary example, or in a two-income couple, you need life insurance on each of you. Because otherwise, in the event of someone's death, you have to deal with all that heartache. You also have to deal with bills that you're now paying with one income that you were paying with two. The great news is you can buy life insurance online. You can, C-A-N, and buy the right kind. Something the insurance industry generally doesn't want to hear me say. You buy, for almost everybody, the best insurance is term life insurance. Doesn't have any weird investments to it or savings accounts or anything. All it is is you die, it pays. If you live, it doesn't. So it's really, really cheap. 
My favorite for you to look at is level term, where you buy for the number of years you have something you're worried about in terms of providing replacement income. You have young kids. You want to have enough insurance to get them into adulthood that you have on your life. They're not income producers. They're just, they cost money. They bring a lot of joy and love, but they cost money. So you're insuring you so that you can make sure your kids are raised into adulthood. And then having insurance where you protect your spouse or significant other to, for the core of your working years. So level term is sold generally in cycles of 15, 20, or 30 years for different needs in life. 30-year, most people don't think about buying insurance till they're in their 30s, so a 30-year level term carries you through the core of the remainder of your working lifetime. The premiums stay the same, and the stuff's easy to buy. There are even companies now that will sell you a level term insurance policy and guarantee issue without a medical exam. They use algorithms and databases to decide your level of risk and they'll write the insurance. There are only three I know of, but it'll become more common. The first out of the block was one called Haven Life which is a joint venture with one of the big insurance companies. I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it Mass Mutual? I think it was Mass Mutual. But anyway, then there's Ladder, L-A-D-D-E-R, and SoFi, the people that do all the student loans, they're also doing what are referred to as instant term life policies, where you don't have to wait a month or two, have somebody come and Dracula you and draw blood and all that. And so you have the instant issue. And so I love this because, again, a lot of people will never follow through on the process of buying it unless it's really easy. And so these companies have done that, and they'll bring the insurance industry kicking and screaming. So I get a lot of questions from people about what are called permanent policies, universal life, variable universal life, and whole life. Variable universal life and universal life are two variations of plans you should never, ever, ever, not ever buy under any circumstances, no matter what. They are snake oil, they are junk, they are hideous, they are rotten, they are terrible, and they have blown up on so many people, not literally, but in the wallet, because they are garbage. They're insurance people that push universal life and variable universal life, known as VUL. They push these things so hard because the commissions on them are gigantic, but the problem is all the promises made in the illustrations are made up lies. Ask anybody to show you the guaranteed illustration, not the one that soft state regulators allow the insurers and their salespeople to lie to you about how unbelievable these policies are going to be. But what actually happens 
is almost always they end up with capital calls where the promises they made were not guaranteed and you have to pay extra money or all the money you paid in prior vanishes and on top of it you can get hit with a massive tax bill. Now, whole life, which is also sold by insurance agents, is not a crooked deal like universal life and variable universal life. But it is only a good choice, typically, if you are an ultra-high income earner. Ultra-high income earners can benefit from some of the tax advantages that come with a whole life policy. But again, those tax advantages only really are worth considering when you have a massive annual income. Generally, when you're above $400,000 a year in income. That applies to very, very few people. Otherwise, stick with term. Stick with companies that are rated A++ by AM Best. That is the measurement of how solvent the company is, how likely they are to be able to pay a claim someday. On Clark.com, I have a list of a bunch of companies that sell term life insurance with more explanation of the process of getting the quotes. And it goes beyond the three I mentioned that don't require a health exam. There are times you might decide you want to be with another company and you endure the grind of going through the uh, the visit from the nurse and the delays in getting the policy issued. But one thing, if you have others that depend on you on income, I want to hit you over the head with a baseball bat of guilt that you need to take care of your loved ones and you need to buy term life insurance, level term life insurance, to protect them for the number of years that you need to provide that protection to them. So I had to badger producer Joel, who has two kids, for how many years before you finally did it? I don't know, maybe a couple? Maybe a little bit longer than that. And have you done your wills yet? Yeah, wills done, and I've got uh, term life insurance for, for both my wife and I. Okay, well, it's good that I was able to use my manipulative skills of guilt to get those things done for you, Joel. Now I need you to get them done, too. And now time for your questions about insurance. Maureen is with us. Hello, Maureen. How are you today? Hi, I'm fine. How are you doing? Great, thank you. So I'm a baby boomer. I live in Florida. I'm 62 and in good health, thank God. So I guess I'm probably a little late to the game. I'm just now looking at some long-term care insurance. Actually, you're at the perfect age. Oh, well, I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah, late, late 50s to early 60s tends to be the ideal window to look at long-term care insurance. Well, but what I'm reading and what I'm looking at, it, 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 to me, it doesn't look like a good investment of money. And so I'm, I'm, I have some other annuities and, and I have some life insurance. And I'm just wondering, say, if I were to have to pay, just pick a number, $300 a month towards long-term care insurance, 
would I be better to put $300 a month in, you know, added into my life insurance and that I can borrow against or added into one of my annuities? That is a great question. You know, the problem with the long-term care insurance market is it's broken right now. And people are suffering from what are called death spirals where the insurers on long-term care insurance don't guarantee the premiums. And at any time in the future... They could say, oh, you know, that premium you were paying, uh, how much did you say a year? 3000 Well, no, I was, well, I was saying like two to 300 a month. So, yeah, so, yeah. okay, so, so uh, 2500 3000 a year. Right. That, oh, no, that's now 12000 a year or whatever. Right, and then at a very time when you're on a fixed income, because I am still working right now, that you, there's no way you can afford it, and that's what I've been reading about. So it makes me very nervous. There is a product today that you could consider that is buying in a whole life insurance policy, Uh you can buy a long-term insurance rider. So what happens is, let's say you buy a policy of, I'm just going to throw out crazy numbers, okay? Okay. You buy a policy for a quarter million dollars. Okay. The policy may offer a rider that would allow you to use much or all of that for a living benefit for long-term care instead of paying a death benefit at the time you die. Mm -hmm. So if it turns out that you need to use it during your life, then you can use it, and then if you don't, it stays to go to your beneficiary. Exactly. Now, the reason this is something that people have been seriously considering is then your premiums are guaranteed. Because the insurer's been able, in that case, to calculate exactly what their risk is. Their risk is fully actuarially sound. They know that they're going to give you benefit A if you pass away, or benefit B if you need it for long-term care. And they've already calculated what the risk is for them. Where with long-term care insurance, the risk is so open-ended, and they have no idea what uh-huh. liability they're going to end up with, and that's why they say later, oh, we were just kidding about that premium. We're now yeah, going to even, charge you a zillion. Uh, yeah, even when you took it out at an age where you're healthy and it made sense at the time. Right, so that's why it is reasonable to consider the alternative of having it within a whole life policy, or you could do just what you said. You could take an existing policy you have, uh-huh. contribute additional amounts to it, or if you're allowed to buy in additional coverage, and then if needed for long-term care, borrow against it. And so those would both be very viable alternatives to long-term care. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, like I said, everything I read just made me very nervous, and I went, that's a lot of money to put in to just absolutely be throwing away. So you know whose fault all this is, is my is late that? mom. My late mom had long-term care insurance, and was in worse health and lived far longer than the actuarial tables would have calculated. Mm-hmm. And she cost the insurer over the years massive amounts of money, so much that every time we'd have to move our mom to a higher level of care, the insurer mm-hmm. would then make us requalify for coverage all over again because they were just trying any way they could to get out of having to pay it. And that's what right. happened was people ended up living longer and living not as healthy as the insurers had guesstimated years and years ago, 
when they sold these policies. And that's why people who own them now are getting clobbered in the wallet. If you have a question for me, I want you to get an answer. I mean, this show is about you being empowered with information. That's why for 20 years plus now, we have provided free off-the-air advice to answer your questions. You can talk with a member of Team Clark nine hours each weekday. The details about how you do that and talk to you off the air and answer your question. Explained at Clark.com. Right now, we're going to pop in and ask Clark. And Joel, who do you have an Ask Clark from? Clark, we got one from Aaron. She says, I just moved into some apartments. They require me to have renter's insurance. I'm not really sure how to find the best product, though. What do you recommend? It is so easy to shop for renter's insurance. Probably average cost about $15 a month, and more and more apartment complexes are requiring it. If you go to duckduckgo.com and you put in renter's insurance, you'll get a whole list of companies you can get quotes from just like that. You can also call your own. If you own a car, you can call your auto insurer, and almost all auto insurers have a department that will also quote renter's insurance. Very important because things you think would be covered by your apartment are not. And I think about every time in the winter when we have these apartment fires and the Red Cross is always there coming up with a place for people to live temporarily because usually in an apartment complex, zero people have renter's insurance unless the apartment complex requires it. And it's a great thing for you to have, cheap to buy, And if tragedy does strike, you'll be happy you have it. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 